Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. God is wanting us to understand some things that, that He has it covered. He's got it covered. I want to preach to you today on the subject from the book of Psalms, chapter 22, chapter 22, verse 1 through 3. I want to preach to you on the subject, give God his throne. Give God his throne. It says in the book of Psalms 22, 1 through 3, uh, to the chief musician upon uh, uh, Eoloth and Shehar, a psalm of David, And it reads, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Question mark. There's times we feel that way. But he hasn't forsaken us. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? Verse 2, oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not. And in the night season, and I'm not and am not silent. In verse 3, it changes in his prayer and says, But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. I'm going to read that again. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel, which also covers the church. Amen. Amen. God has already got this. He's already got the miracles taken care of. He's already got the healing taken care of. He's already got the blessing taken care of. He's already got the problem figured out. It's already there. We just got to receive it. Amen. Oh, praise God. God bless you. Let's lift our hands again and thank the Lord. God, we praise you. We worship you. We magnify you, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise Him. As Sister Burke says, praise Him as if it's already taken care of because it is. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. It's good to be in God's house. I'm so thankful to be able to pastor Landmark, this great congregation. We love you dearly, and uh, we thank you for your sacrifice. And uh, one thing I wanted to mention as, as pastor, I know sometimes the, the different ministries of the district and the United Pentecostal Church kind of bunch together right here this time of the year because we've got ladies' ministry, uh, we've got men's ministry, and we also have... Uh, the youth ministry of Move the Mission, it's all kind of piling up on us. Uh, we do try to give, and we want to be able to give and support, and, uh, but we want to be uh, uh, watchful of these things too because we're trying to give you an opportunity to be able to reach beyond the walls of this church and be able to reach out and help uh, raise funds like with the, the cinnamon rolls, which I'm getting, again, I'm getting hungry just thinking about it. 
the saliva glands are just flowing because I'm thinking about cinnamon rolls right now. And, and the thing about it, we give you an opportunity to be able to reach beyond the walls. So it just doesn't just come from our church. We want to give it a good offering because it goes for a great cause. Uh, but uh, uh, if you have an opportunity to reach out to others, they will be willing to donate to the cause and uh, just let them know what it's going toward and also that it's, uh, it's a tremendous uh, cinnamon roll. So we want to encourage you to do that. Take the opportunity to reach beyond the walls of the church, not just for us here. We do our part, but for those outside of the walls. Amen. Um, some of the things that I've been hearing sung today is about uh, God's got the victory. God has already got it taken care of. Amen. Sometimes we complicate living for God. Uh, and I know we've talked about this before, but sometimes we complicate it. We make it more difficult to live for God than really what the Lord has planned for it to be. And we take it on ourselves uh, to try to figure out how this all works and get victory on our own. And we put too much of self into this when we need to be relying upon God. Amen? Because if we can just get in the presence of the Lord, what do you find there in the presence of the Lord? i tell you what you find. You find when God's presence comes near, you find everything you need. You find the healing that you need. You find the deliverance that you need. You find the, uh, uh, the victory over depression and oppression and struggle. And you, you find the victory. Um, but a lot of times we complicate living for God. And uh, I, I just want to say this, because this is, this is something that I, I really feel uh, would make me feel better, is if you're complicating living for God, stop it! <laughs> that made me feel really good. I enjoyed that. I don't know if you've seen the, the video of uh, Bob Newhart. I sent it around to a few people in the past, and, and uh, it's about a lady came into his office, he was counseling with her, and he, and, uh, he was going to charge her for the session, and he said, well, what's wrong? And she said, well, and I, I don't know if I got all of it correct, but she said, I have a fear that, uh, that I'm going to be uh, buried in a box. And he said, okay, so uh, this won't take long. He said, uh, but I have a few words to say to you. It's very simple. It's not complicated. He looks at her and he says, just stop it. And then she said, that's all you have to say? And it goes on and on. And he said, that will be so much money for me to say that. Uh, but he goes on and goes on. And, uh, but it's a pretty funny video. But, you know, it, it does make a pastor feel good. Sometimes we just say, stop it. Don't make it complicated, you know. It's, it's not as complicated as, it, as we make it. You know, we, we, we confuse things, and, and God's saying, I, I just wonder sometimes what God's saying and thinking about us, all of us, you know, as he's saying, you know, you, I've already done it. I've already taken care of this, and you're complicating it. Don't complicate it. Just trust me. Just walk in it. And, uh, and you know, a lot of things that Sister Burke was teaching today, I... I just got to thinking about it. You know, really, God has given us everything we need to overcome. Everything. And uh, I, I think a lot of it comes down to, as she was talking about, uh, being obedient to the Lord and disciplines. 
Uh, and if you didn't get a chance to hear that, uh, you need to go on the website and go to our podcast and listen to that because it is very, very helpful. Uh, but the disciplines that we have, uh, really it comes down to the disciplines is our part in this, but he's already got everything set up for us to be able to overcome. Everything. We have to get that mindset that we are overcomers. But I started thinking about this that, you know, really, if we could just find the presence of God, that's where our victory is going to come from and our triumph and our, and our overcoming. But also, it, it simply comes down to just simply falling in love with the Lord. When we simply fall in love with the Lord, it's not hard to walk with Him. It's not hard to push the flesh aside because we want to please Him. You know how it is when you, when you love someone, you want to be pleasing to them. You want to do things that they love and they appreciate. And, and that's the thing with God. We just simply fall in love with the Lord. We, when we fall in love with the Lord, uh, we will want to pray because we want to talk to Him. We will want to be in the house of God because we want to be able to worship Him and, and build a throne for Him. And we want to be able to walk with Him. We, we want to be obedient. We want to walk in holiness. We want to walk in a mature love for Him. We want to feel the Spirit of the Lord. We want to uh, glorify Him because why? We're in love with Him. It, 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 we complicate it. But I, I feel today that I need to revisit something, and uh, the Lord's added to this, but I feel like where we're at right now, I want to revisit a thought here that I've taught and preached about here not too long ago, and that is celebrating triumph. Celebrating triumph. We've got to get this in our heart, in our mind, in our soul, and in ancient armies, various countries, and namely one of them was Rome, uh, they would uh, go to battle, and they would win the battle, and then when they came back, what they would do is they would put the general in a chariot that was pulled by two horses, and they would go down the streets of the city, and people would line the streets, and they would have a big celebration triumph parade. And they would, they would clap their hands, and they would rejoice because they won the victory, and, they, and, and the army... And the government and the king wanted the people to see the, the, the spoils of victory. So when they would go down through the town with the chariot and the general of the army and some of the soldiers walking down and they would cheer them on, uh, what they were doing was uh, they were realizing the, the triumph that took part and also they would have in chains uh, the kings of the countries they defeated and spoils that they would have that were going down the streets in a parade of triumph because they realized we have complete victory over that country. And so they, they would do this. Prisoners of war were bound in chains following in the parade. They showed what they had overcome. They, they showed the strength and power of their country. They celebrated victory. We need to celebrate victory, and we need to celebrate triumph. Uh, because the Lord has already given it to us. Now, there is a difference in victory and triumph. Victory is the accomplishment of a defeat of the enemy. But triumph is a celebration of a victory already won. But yet the Bible talks about triumph, that the Lord gives us a triumph. We have to understand here today 
in, in this service, and not just for this service, but every service, every day, every day we walk with the Lord, we need to understand that every battle that you face right now, whatever it is, I know there's a varied variety of battles that, that we face, each one of us individual, and as a church body, our battles are different than other church battles uh, but every church has a battle. Every individual, a child of God, has a battle that we're fighting. But the thing about it, we have to get the understanding that every battle you face right now is already won. It's already won. It's already taken care of. But it doesn't feel like it, Pastor. It, do it doesn't feel like that I've won the victory, that I have a triumph because I'm still battling this and I'm still... Uh, struggling with this, but yet me, let me tell you some things here today that the Lord has already won the battle. There is already triumph. We've got to go seize it, and we've got to seize it through the power of praise and worship unto God. Amen. Sometimes it doesn't feel like it, but we need to get to a point of a uh, we need a mindset change. That the battle that you're facing has already been won by the Lord. It's already under the blood. Even if it doesn't feel like it, even if it doesn't look like it, even if it doesn't sound like it, even if it doesn't uh, 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 calculate to the point where everything fits together, it's already won by the Lord. And as you praise God, when you pray a prayer for God to bring healing, that's the reason why we, we say worship the Lord, praise the Lord. You know what you're doing is what you're saying to the Lord. Lord, I trust you. Lord, I believe in you. Lord, I proclaim my faith in you that it's already done. Amen. Let's give the Lord praise for that. God, I thank you for every prayer that has been prayed. I thank you for every prayer that has been prayed in this house. I thank you for every prayer that's been prayed. And I thank you, God, for the victory and for the triumph. It's already been done even before the battle came to me. God already put it under the blood. Amen. We have to get that mindset. We have to get that understanding. Amen. In Psalms, listen to what it says in Psalms 106 and 47. Save us, O Lord our God, and gather us from among the heathen to give thanks unto the holy name and to triumph in praise. To triumph in praise. You see, the celebration of triumph is through praise unto God. For us to be able to celebrate this parade of victory, that of things and battles and victories that the Lord has already won, we've got to stand before the Lord and we've got to lift our voice unto the Lord and praise the Lord and magnify the Lord. Somehow, how we've missed in that in, in in our thinking that we've got to do this and that. I've got to put my input into this. I've got to do this. Yes, our input is just to simply come before for God and say, Lord, I praise you for the victory that has already been won. I am living in triumph. I might not see it right now. I might not feel it right now. I might not uh, hear it right now, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to keep praising you until I actually see it with my own eyes, until I hear it with my own ears, until I'm able to taste it, and until I'm able to know it. 
Amen. But that's the thing about faith is knowing it. We know it. We know it's happening. We know it's here for us. It is our God that is a victorious God. But we've got to celebrate the triumph. Amen. And that comes through praise unto God. Triumph in thy praise, 106, 47 of Psalms. Colossians 2, 14 and 15. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us. There's things that are against us as children of God. There's spirits of hell that are against us. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. Jesus nailed it to the cross. And in verse 15, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. You see, Jesus has already won the victory. We need to praise him for it. We need to worship him for it. That verse right there, the verse says that Jesus spoiled the principalities. He spoiled the powers. It means he made their power of no effect. He stripped them of their authority. Through the cross, he stripped Satan of all his powers and triumphed over him. He's already won the victory. The power of the blood is still as powerful as it ever was. It's still working today. And the Lord has already won that victory for us. We need to get an understanding and a mindset that God has this covered. Amen. I want you to notice in the scripture here of 2 Corinthians 2.14. Now thanks be unto God which always causes, uh, causeth us to triumph in Christ. And maketh manifest the Savior of his knowledge by us in every place. I want you to notice something here. That that word always, always causes us to triumph. It doesn't mean a hit and miss thing. It doesn't mean that some things we triumph and some things we don't triumph. It means always He causes us to triumph. Whatever battle you're going through right now, whatever struggle you're going through, amen, this church has been uh, has been transferred, uh, this has been transferred into the church. Uh, this triumph has been transferred into the child of God, uh, that we are triumphant in Him. And when we come to the house of the Lord, and not just in the house of the Lord, praise and worship needs to be in our homes. It needs to be on our jobs. It needs to be in everything that we do in life because the victory and triumph is everywhere we're at. There's power in God. He's already won the victory. Whatever you're fighting today, He's already won the victory over it. But it's always. It's always. We need to celebrate that triumph through praise. Triumph was the highest honor to be bestowed by a country and a king upon a general. It was the highest uh, honor for them to be able to present this as a victor, as a triumphant victor over the battlefield. They won. They were victorious. It was the highest bestowed honor for a man or a general to be able to take on that triumphant parade. We need to let the church celebrate the triumph God has given us. 
He has given us triumph. We've got to get the mindset that we are not defeated. We are not down and out. We are not finished. It's a time for us to rise up and give praise unto the one that has brought that victory before we ever had the victory come our way. Amen. It is our victory. Paul uses the analogy of triumph in the scriptures as a vivid picture of the victory that God has given us. Satan and all of his forces has been put in the hands of the power and dominion of the church. Of the child of God, principalities, God has given the church as triumphant over it. Uh, the powers of darkness, uh, amen, it has been overcome. It's in the hands of the church. Uh, we are the rulers of it. Uh, the rulers of darkness of this world have been brought down. The Lord has conquered it. Uh, and it is the church's victory we can celebrate today. Uh, spiritual wickedness in high places, it is ours. Uh, we don't have to succumb to these things anymore. All those are being led behind the chariot of the Lord today. Uh, but you know what the church needs to do? As the Lord is in the chariot, we need to be cheering on and praising Him for the triumph that He's already given us. Amen. We are victors. What are you battling with? What are you struggling with today? I'm here to tell you today that there is victory in the house of God. God's already won the victory. Hallelujah. It's ours. It's ours. Amen. But our praise makes us a part of that victory celebration. We show forth God's triumph and praise. Our triumphant praise brings our healing because His presence is there. It brings financial miracles. It brings defeating strife and struggle and depressions. And it brings unity through division. It brings anything that the enemy throws at us. It brings us a victory and triumph. He's already put it under the blood. It's already ours, church. We must celebrate through praise that triumph you know what sometimes the Lord is beckoning us to just simply get in the chariot with him because he's given us that triumph amen we do need to to find that place with the Lord and ride with him because he's given us that triumph it's ours get in the chariot with him and celebrate we praise you, God. You're the victor. I can't do anything over these things, but you have given me the triumph over these things. There's some examples in the Bible where they begin to realize we've got to praise the Lord and we'll give thanksgiving unto the Lord. One of them is Jonah. Jonah, in his situation, brought it on himself. How many times have we brought things on ourselves? Jonah brought it on himself. The Lord told him to go to Nineveh, and he didn't want to do it. So he got in a boat, and he was going to Tarshish. He's going far away. He's going to another place. He's running from God. He brought it on himself. And in the midst of a storm, the men of the boat, they were trying to figure out what's going on. And finally, it was revealed that it was Jonah. And they said, who are you? What are, what are you representing? What's going on here? He said, I'm a Hebrew. I, I, he's just simply running from God. He said, you're going to have to throw me overboard. And they took it. They didn't want to do it, but they tried everything else. But then they finally threw him overboard, and, and the sea calmed. 
and the boat stopped rocking back and forth. But what happened was the Lord put a, a big fish for Jonah in the sea, and it swallowed him up. And in the second chapter of Jonah, you could read it for yourself, verse 1 through 8, he was complaining in his prayer to God as he was sitting there in the mouth of that whale and there was smelly fish coming in and there was seaweed wrapped around his neck and his arms and uh, the stench that was there inside of the belly of the whale. He realized that, hey, I made a big mistake. I should have listened to God. I brought this on myself. He felt like he was in the pit of hell. He was in a terrible place and he began to cry out to the Lord in his in his, uh, uh, in his uh, prayer to the Lord, and he was complaining. And so the Lord was very patient, like he always is, and he listened uh, and, and endured the complaints of Jonah. And at the very last, uh, second to last verse, verse 9, uh, it, it said that uh, after all of his complaining, he began to pray, and Jonah said in verse 9, But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. And I will pay that that I have vowed salvation is of the Lord. And when he, after he got through his complaining, we've all done that. After he got through with all of his complaining and prayer, he finally said, okay, Lord, I'm going to surrender it all to you, but I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I'm going to give you some praise. I'm going to give you some thanksgiving. I will pay that I have vowed salvation is of the Lord. And the very next verse, verse 10, And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. God made a way of deliverance after he stopped all of his complaining and he started praising the Lord and victory came to him and deliverance and he was spit up, on, vomited up out of the, the fish on dry land and then he had to backtrack and go and do what the Lord had told him to do but he brought it on himself. Sometimes we bring things on ourselves. But then there's another story Paul and Silas, a very familiar story. We've all heard this preached and taught, heard it in Sunday school. But there was a time of Paul and Silas. In this struggle, they didn't bring it on themselves. They were just simply doing the work of God. And because of that, they cast a devil out. Some people got mad because he wasn't making money for them anymore. And they began to speak lies about him. They cast him into prison and put him in stocks and bonds. They were beaten uh, they were thrown in prison, they were in stocks, they were in bonds, they were held there, and it was late at night. And what they did in the book of Acts chapter 16 is not sit there and continue to complain. You know what they did? They began to praise the Lord and they prayed and sang praises unto God at midnight. And it, all the prisoners heard them, so it wasn't something silent. It was something very heartfelt. It was something they wanted to get a hold of God with. And they began to pray and they began to sing praises unto God. And when they did that, guess what happened? Just like verse 10 in the book of Jonah, where the Lord spit him out of the mouth on dry land, out of the pit of hell that he felt like he was in. 
infinite with Paul and Silas as they began to pray and sing praises unto God. An earthquake came to the prison. The foundation of the prison was shaken. The doors opened up. The, the, the bands were loosed and people were set free. It wasn't anything they'd done that brought them on them. They were just trying to do the will of God and do the work of God. But because of someone that was very upset of the, uh, uh, that was being uh, moved by spirits of hell, they began to lash out at them. And because of that, they found themselves bound, beaten, and in stocks and in bonds and in a prison. But they knew the secret to getting out of the struggle was to praise God. Amen. To worship the Lord. And they did, and deliverance came to them. So what does that say to us today? We could go on and on in the word of the Lord of praise and worship unto the Lord and see these things broken. But there are things that we're battling with today, we're faced with today, that the Lord has already won the victory over, and we can get the victory through our praise and worship. How many times you walked into the house of the Lord struggling? How many times you walked into the house of the Lord uh, in, in a very difficult place? Uh, it seemed like a dark place, but as you begin to come into the house of the Lord and we begin to worship and we begin to praise and you get caught up into that uh, praise and worship to the Lord and all of a sudden you begin to feel the freedom and you begin to feel the liberty because where the spirit of the Lord is what does it say there's liberty amen and we begin to feel the lifting of things up off of our heart and off of our soul and off of our life and it comes through praise and worship and we feel the victory and we walk out the door of the house of God and we feel free now you could walk into the house of the Lord and be bound and believe the lies of Satan that you're not worthy to praise and worship God and then you walk out the door still bound like you were when you came. But I'm talking about a God that's already won the victory. He's a triumphant God. Praise in these issues and situations brought God to speak to their struggle that was already won for them. It was not, you know, it was still a rebellion. It was still there. They were still beaten. They were still in stocks and bonds. But until they began to praise God and began to worship Him, the God of triumph, then their victory came. It was already won for them before it ever came on them. Psalms 22 and 3 again. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. You know what the word inhabitest means? A lot of times we're thinking, well, the Lord just comes in and he goes out. You know what the word inhabitest means in the Hebrew? It means dwell. It means abide. But it also means sit. To sit down. To reside in a place. That's what it means. So where does the Lord sit? What in the Bible, what place in the Bible uh, gives us the thought where the Lord sits? In, in the midst of the praise of his people. But it's on a throne. It's on a throne. But it comes through praise. It comes through worship. We're lifting him up and putting him on the throne of our life and in the throne of the church 
as we worship and praise God. I, I want to say this today. If you want to find the secret to overcoming our battles in life, we've got to find ourselves going to the Lord in praise and in worship because even if we don't feel like it to, or even if we are struggling inside, when we begin to praise and worship, He's still worthy of praise. He's still worthy of worship. Amen. It doesn't matter what dark place we're going through, but we know that when we get into that place of praise and worship, that we're sending up our, our worship unto the Lord and we're setting Him on the throne that He deserves in our life and in the church and in our area. Amen. But it's a, it's, He inhabits the praises of His people. He sits down upon His throne. Where, where does He sit? He sits on a throne. So as we begin to worship and praise God, we're enthroning Him where He belongs. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. And through our praise, we, we, we offer Him a throne to sit upon in our lives, in the church service, in our struggle, in our pain. Sometimes we don't feel like praising. We're struggling with it. We're in darkness. We're in a hard place. But we begin to praise Him anyway. He's still worthy of praise. No matter what we're feeling, no matter how down we are, no matter how much struggling we are, He's still deserving of praise and worship. We're placing Him on the throne. And you know, that's the reason why Satan so much tries to deceive us and say, you're not worthy You've messed up. You have, you've messed up royally. Why are you raising your hands? Why are you singing the songs of Zion unto the Lord? You are not worthy. You know, those voices keep going on and on and saying you're not worthy. You don't need to say that. You just need to, if you're going to come, just sit there. Sit there because you're not worthy to lift your voice. You're not worthy to praise. You're not worthy to jump. You're not worthy to receive joy. You're not worthy to receive victory because you're, you're a failure. And that's what he does. The Bible says he is the accuser of the brethren. That's us, the church. And if he can keep us from worshiping and praising God because of whatever struggle we're going through at that time, you know what he's done? He's put himself on the throne. Or we can also put ourselves on that throne and do it our own way. We put ourselves on the throne and say, hey, I'm going to take the throne. You're not going to find any victory there. The victory has already been won for whatever battle you're faced with today. It's already been won. It is yours. It's your victory. The book of Revelation 21, 5 through 7. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. He that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. It is done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give to, uh, unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God and he shall be my son. But he said it's done. The triumph is done. 
that's the hard part of us getting this mental thinking in our mind that it, the victory is already done when we're still going through it. We're still in stocks and bonds and in prison. But if you will come to that point where you've got to set God on the throne, amen, and rejoice when he's riding in the chariot of triumph down the streets of your life or in the church, begin to praise him, begin to worship him, begin to thank him, and we begin to get to that point where we get in the chariot. He wants to share the chariot with us because he said we are triumphant. In him, we are triumphant in him. But it's done. The throne means to kings, kingly power or royalty. We're putting him right where he belongs. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He has all power in heaven and earth. There is no king of this earth that is like our God. We sing about that today. Amen. There's no one like him. There's no one that is as powerful as he is. He's got this covered for you. He's got it. Amen. We give him power and royalty in our lives when we begin to praise him. We begin to worship him because he is the king of kings and lord of lords. Do you realize that uh, there is a protocol for going before a king or a queen, even in our world? There's a protocol there. I was reading this the other day that there were certain things that, that you are allowed to say when you, when you, as a protocol to come before a king or a queen in other countries. Uh, there's different cultures. There's different traditions that other, other um, you know, that other countries have. Uh, matter of fact, when uh, our president of the United States goes to another country, there's certain places that they allow them to sit. Uh, there's certain manner of dress. There's a certain manner of speech. There's some things you can say. There's some things you don't say. Uh, you, you could be a very offensive. You've got to know the culture of that, of that country. Uh, You've got to understand those things. Uh, but there's, there's certain protocol that you have to go by to approach that king or that queen. And when we consider the king of kings and lord of lords, he wants us to come before him with praise and with worship. Amen. He wants us to come with our heart open. He wants us to come with our soul open up before him. He wants us to come in a humble way before him and say, Lord, you are my God. I praise you and I worship you. You are my everything. You are what I need. You are my healer. You're my deliverer. And I want to help elevate you to that place of the throne where you belong God you are my God you are my Lord you're my Savior amen as we come before him come before him with praise it's not praise for ourselves. when you begin to praise somebody or praise God it's not about us it's about him our focus is upon him and that's how you come before the king of kings and lord of lords come as you are in praise and worship. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 61, verse 1 through 3, it said, listen to what it says. It says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. This was a prophetic word that, that the Lord spoke. Uh, Jesus spoke of, of a prophetic word of his coming. Spirit of the Lord of God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He 
has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn of Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. But it also says, in what he's given them, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. The garment of praise. It comes as a package with the Lord that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. That he might be glorified. We're sitting him on his throne. King of kings, Lord of lords. The songs that we sang today was lifting up praise and worship to the Lord. You see, without praise unto God, without praise unto God, we are withholding a throne from the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And Satan is okay with that. He's accomplished exactly what he wants if he has a church and individuals that won't worship and praise. I thank the Lord for Landmark because we know how to praise. But the understanding here is, as a church body, we want to elevate the Lord to his throne in praise and worship. When we come into the house of the Lord, we begin to open up to him. We're not just going through the motions and singing songs. We're elevating him to the throne, and his presence comes near. That's the reason why when you praise and worship, you feel God. And when you feel God and His presence comes near, He inhabits, He sits upon the throne of the church and the throne of our lives. And when we bring Him close to us upon His throne of royalty and glory, power, in our praise and elevating Him, we can have anything we want in God as long as it's with his plan and his will. Because we can ask amiss, but what he has to offer is so much greater than what we think we need. <laughs> can I hear it, amen? amen? So much greater than what we think we need. He's a God of royalty. He's a God of healing. He's a God of peace. He's a God of Strength, he's a God of hope, he's a God of blessing, he's a God of deliverance. <laughs> and we don't need to put ourselves on that throne when we're trying to do it our own way, bypass God. No, we need to put him on the throne, get him on the throne. When we don't praise God, we're not elevating him where he needs to be. But there's power when you're going through the hardest battles in the darkest times of your life to just be able to just pour it out unto the Lord in praise and in worship. You're going to feel a difference. You're going to feel a change. You just get caught away in the Spirit. You get caught away in the Holy Ghost. 
As we stand here today, there are some victories that the Lord has already won for us here today as a church body and as individuals. There is victory and triumph in the house of God. I know that I'm dealing with resistance right now. I know that I'm dealing with a freedom of liberty in some areas, but I know I'm dealing with resistance right now. Resistance of spirits of hell that does not want you to praise and worship God because they like the throne that you've given them. And I'm here to tell you today, we've got to put the throne with the right one sitting on it today. Amen. There is healing in the house. It's already won for you. There is deliverance for needs in your family and in your life that the Lord has already won for you. There is deliverance from disease and from depression and from struggle that the Lord has already won for you. It's time for you to get in the chariot with the Lord and put the Lord where He belongs on that throne and begin to praise Him for the triumph that He's already given, been given to us. Amen. Let's give Him a throne to sit on today. I'd like for you to come to the, house, to the altar. I'd like for you to come and just lift your hands to the Lord and begin to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Sometimes we just get to get beside ourselves here today. Satan, you're a liar. The people of God are victorious. We are victorious in the Lord here today. Hallelujah. Let's praise Him with a voice of triumph. Let's praise Him here today. Let's elevate Him and enthrone Him. Oh, thank you, Lord.